I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Play fake, Jones rolls left, rolls left, wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sal kind of back on the van. Yeah, I heard this song just reminded me, um, you know, how much I love music and stuff. And we talked yesterday about uh, rapping. I don't know how it even came up. Oh, because one of the songs that I guess came back remind me of a, a Harvey, uh, Harvey song that I wrote a Matt Harvey Day rap and whatever, many, many years, 2015, back when I was in the minors. But, you know, Keith McPherson did a little freestyle the other day, and that got a lot of play online. And then Carton. Did you hear this yesterday, Fleegs? I don't know why Evan Evan said he was listening to me and talked about it, and I said I could, could rap, which I could, by the way, and I still might. But did you hear Carton do a kind of freestyle rap? Did you happen to catch that? Ooh, it was... I give him credit for having the courage to go on the air live. Like, Keith had his thing written. He knew he was going to do it. But still, to actually write it out, and then perform it live on the air to the beat, that is difficult. That's Keith has also done it before and knows that he has the talent Correct. Like, to do that. Correct. Like, he did it. It didn't sound bad. Now, I'm like, I am good with the writing. The performing it, that takes work. I don't know if I could do it live, especially with certain beats, and I got to work the wording in. Like, it takes a while to get it right. Craig goes on, talking big, and then Evan said something like, oh, Sal said he could rap. And Craig's like, oh, yeah, none of this Dr. Seuss stuff. And he starts like, not that he was taking shots at me. And that's my guy, Craig. So it's nothing personal, of course. But he starts making it like I was going to embarrass myself by doing it. And then threw out a little bit of a challenge, I guess. So it stemmed from Keith. And then Carton goes on. And then somebody, one of my friends sent this to me. It was, it was so freaking embarrassing. It was awful. And Evan's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was hideous. C-Mac's like, oh, it's a, out of content, that's a 9 out of 10. It was awful. Tell Craig, you need some truth tellers around you. That was embarrassing. Courage for doing it. A++ on the courage part for doing it. Not saying that I would have had that same courage. But I am saying that I would never, never have performed like that. 
in that spot. That's part of the reason why I wouldn't do it. If I can't master it or at least come close, I ain't doing it. Fleeks, you got it. It was like I, I give him credit for trying because there's an old morning show bit. I remember Al telling me about this where years ago Craig was convinced, and I'm going to say in theory I agree with him. This like this sounds doable that anybody could write a, a country song if you just hit on a couple keywords like truck, drinking beers, right. you know, just hit up, throw a bunch of those in there, come up with a decent beat, and you can write a country song. And they tried it, and it was not a very successful. Oh, uh, venture. Yeah, I, I actually, because when Craigie started talking some smack, I was like, oh, all right, let's see what you got. And then I heard it and I was like, oh my God, like, I can't even, this is not even worth any kind of response to that. Uh, maybe we'll just let Keith take the crown on this one. Everybody else should step back. Although, I will say, never say never. But if I do it, I'm going to do it right. And I give Craigie courage, uh, credit for the courage, but that was not done right. Flea, you got to go back and listen to it at some point. It was, it was hideous. It was as bad. How old is Craig? He's in his 50s, I'm assuming. I don't want to give his age, but it was a, exactly what you would think. Someone his age trying to perform a, a rap live on the radio. Ooh, that was bad. Well, listen, Craig's one of the best radio entertainers right. of all time. Right. Everybody's got to have a weakness. Oh, that was a clear one for him. A clear one. I mean, he's still going to crush Michael K, but it's he could do that every day and still crush Michael well, K. Well, as whatever you thought of Craig's, could you imagine K trying to oh, do that? Oh, God, no. No, Rosenberg, obviously. Cars that's would something. explode. He, he, Rosenberg the few would be cars listening would explode. Yeah, right. It, you, you know, you want to start getting in a rap battle. That's where maybe Rosenberg has an advantage. Right, no, Rosenberg could pull that off. Yeah, talking sports, he can't do that, but the, the rap stuff, that's where he gets an advantage. Nick is calling from Florida. What's up, Nick? Hey, Sal. How are you? How are you, Nick? Good. First time caller. Uh, currently driving from Florida to New York. I just listened to your show from yesterday. Thank you. And uh, I just want to say with the Giants now, my dad cursed me with being a Jets Islanders and Mets <laughs> fan, unfortunately. Mm. But um, listen, all this Daniel Jones hype, I get it. He played really well against Minnesota, against the uh, Colts too, but I mean, what are they going to say if he comes out there and throws three interceptions against the Eagles? Are they still going to want him seven years, ten years, like some of these fans are saying? Good question. I mean, I think it's got to be somewhere in between. You don't want to overreact to one or two games in the same way you don't want to overreact to one performance. So for me, I'm going to be consistent here and say that, now look, they may have no choice but to sign him for five years. I said from the beginning I would go two or three years. I think he's earned at least three years. But if there's a market for him, that's going to dictate maybe what the Giants are going to do because Giants aren't letting him go. I I would be stunned if the Giants moved on from Daniel Jones, regardless of the years or the cost on the contract. I'd take him as a Jets fan if they did. Well, that's the point, right? And I'm sure there are other teams that are looking around saying, well, heck, I didn't know he had that in him, but we need a quarterback like that. How much do you want? So Giants aren't letting him go. And by the way, he may not succeed. Let's say he does go to the Jets, right, for whatever reason. It's not happening, but let's just paint a hypothetical for fun. If he did go to the Jets, you think he'd be the same quarterback without Brian Dable? I don't know. I wouldn't be willing to bet on that, no, would you? No, not at all. So, I mean, that's another factor as well. But if Daniel Jones has a bad game against the Eagles, uh, you know, total regression, fumble, two picks or whatever, bad throws, 
Maybe that op- opens some eyes up, but I doubt that you're going to see that. And I don't think you should overreact to one game either way. Yeah, I agree. I made a bet with my friends five years ago. We said, uh, I bet the Jets would win a Super Bowl before the Giants. And I didn't think they beat Minnesota. So now I'm still going on FanDuel and hedging my bet by yeah. placing a Super Bowl bet on the Giants. Well, I mean, look, they still got a ways to go, Nick, and thank you for the call. I mean, they still got a ways and, and safe travels. They still have got a ways to go here to win a Super Bowl. I mean, your bet should be okay. I mean, now who knows what if the Jets could be able to hold up their end of the bargain in that scenario. But, you know, it's not like you know, the Giants won one round. Maybe hedge if they get to the Super Bowl. That would be the way to do it. Although you're not going to get as much money if you do that, but... Giants, I believe, were the longest shot on the board. At least in the NFC, if I'm not mistaken, uh, prior to kickoff last weekend, Giants were the longest shot on the board to get to the Super Bowl. At least from the NFC. And, you know, they won a game where a lot of people expected them to win. I was not one of them. I thought that they could but I did not expect them to win in large part because I felt like everybody was on the Giants. And it's one of those times where public, you know, the public was right. I like going against the public because, you know, it just feels like the majority of the time they they're going to lose. But anyway, Giants get the win. It's not like they shocked the world. They played very, very well. It's not just that they won the game, though. They played very well, specifically offensively. That, to me, would be the biggest sign, giving me hope moving into that Eagles game on Saturday. Josh is in Rockland County. Good morning, Josh. Hey, Josh. Josh no longer there. I mean, that the fact that the Giants played well, it's not just that they won. It's how they did it. They went out there and had a dominant performance. You knew, or at least I felt like the game was over once the Giants answered Minnesota's opening touchdown. Vikings come down the field, march right down, boom, touchdown, up 7 nothing. And at that point, the game was in the balance. I know it was early on, but still. Because with this Giants team, young team, not a great offensive team, On the road against a team that is very good at home, in the playoffs, how are they going to respond after just getting punched in the mouth? And they responded exactly the way that you'd want to see them respond, with toughness. They punched back. In a big way. Didn't leave any doubt. Moved that ball right down the field. Boom. Touchdown. Answer. And at that point, Because that is not something that we've seen uh, often with the Giants this year. It was at that point that I felt like they were winning the game. Now, obviously, there was some back and forth, and there were some tense moments. And, you know, you you could have hoped uh, that the Giants were going to win the game, but maybe you felt like the Vikings were going to win the game. Whatever. Right down to the end. Right down to the final possession. Right down until the check down from Kirk Cousins. But they got the job done. And it was just an impressive performance where I'm just telling you, I'm not making this up. This is how I genuinely feel going into that game. I didn't see it because I didn't put a ton of stock in what happened with the Colts. And that was their most impressive performance, right? The Giants against the Colts this year was the, all right, they finally beat somebody by double digits. 
They had to have that game to clean out, to clinch the postseason spot. They got it. An impressive performance where the anticipation, expectation, all that was that the Giants were going to go out there and hammer the Colts. And they did exactly that. But I didn't look at them differently because I was like, ah, well, the Colts suck. Giants did what they had to do. Yes, impressive, nice win, way to get into the postseason. But I didn't really look at them differently. I didn't trust them yet. And after the Vikings game, I look at them differently. Where now, I don't think there's anything that is out of the realm of possibilities. Now, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. But would I be shocked at this point? You know, if you've seen these things in the past, I know it's a different team, different time, totally different circumstances. But how many times have we seen crazy upsets happen in sports and then just pretend like the next time that something comes up like that, like it can never happen again? Oh, you know, whatever. The, The Bills and Dolphins is a great example last week. Because even me, who was always looking for the the lack of obvious result. I'm always looking for the angle. Yeah, but I know everybody's feeling this, but I know that the unexpected happens. I'm always looking for the unexpected. But even me, I looked at that Dolphins-Bills game and said, there's no way Dolphins can't win this game. Now, were they were they going to cover the 14? I don't know, but I felt good about minus four in my teaser. Very good about that. I didn't think there's any way the Bills were losing that game or going to get themselves at a competitive game. Seven-point game? All right, maybe. And even that, it felt like it was impossible to fathom. And then you watch that game, and the Dolphins had a chance to win it. Remarkable. But how many times have we seen those type of things, and yet we continue to ignore it? So I'm at a point where I'm not going to ignore it anymore. I don't think it's likely. I'm not going to predict that it's going to happen. But I'm not going to ignore the fact that I've seen crazier things happen before with my own eyes in sports. So is it out of the realm of possibilities for the Giants? No, they're here. They're in it. It shouldn't be this easy. First year of a rebuild, getting into the playoffs, and then winning around, finding yourself in the divisional round. This is the weekend where it gets real. Now you are one game away from playing for the right to the Super Bowl. You're right there. This is playing for the right for the right to play playing for the right to play for the right to go to the Super Bowl. That's what divisional round is. It's crazy that it could be that close for a team with zero expectations coming in the year. What was their over under number? Seven? Yeah, the over. Those are two of the Easiest overs ever had in my life. Both the Giants and the Jets over win total for the season. They were over. I mean, the Jets, you knew that they were getting that number a while ago. And obviously the Giants were on well on their way early on as well. Number a little bit higher. The Jets was five and a half. uh, Giants was seven. But anyway, a team with basically no expectations getting to the postseason was more than enough. More than enough. And then they go out there and win that game. And now 
You forget about the expectations. You forget about anything prior. You forget about the lack of talent or the underdog, all that stuff. You go on and try to take it's one game at a time. Who's to say the Philly's going to be at their best? And that's how sports work, right? If Philadelphia, like if Buffalo was at their very best on Sunday, they would have smoked Miami. They weren't at their best. And Miami played over their heads. And that's how you had a close game. Well, if the Eagles go out there and play at their very best, peak performance, Hurts and Brown and everything else, and the Giants don't play at their best, it's going to be a blowout. If the Eagles don't play their A game and the Giants do play their A game, that's how the Giants could win this. The Giants, though, have very little margin for error. Luckily for them, they don't make too many errors. It's a testament to Brian Dable and the toughness that his team displays. They are smart. They are tough. They do not beat themselves. That is an excellent characteristic to have. And that's why I'm not betting against them. Didn't say I'm not picking the Eagles. Uh, I mean, I probably won't. I probably wouldn't touch that game in reality. We'll pick a winner one way or another with the money line, as we do in our perfect parlay picks. We'll do that tomorrow coming up at 3.40. But I would not bet against Brian Dable in this spot. And I could see the game going multiple ways. Where you can make the argument now, is everybody going to be on the Giants plus the seven because of what they did? And maybe Philadelphia has one of those outstanding performances. I'm not feeling that in my gut right now. I would think there's going to be a close game with the Giants having a chance to win it. But who knows? We'll see. It's just crazy that we're actually sitting here. And the fact that we're sitting here should show you again. Anything is possible with the Giants about to take on the Eagles in the divisional round. 877-337-6666. Your calls on whatever it is you want to discuss. Giants in the divisional round against the Eagles. Mets in their DH situation. Adding Tommy Pham to the mix. The Yankees and Frankie Montas have some issues with one of their starters. Oh, the Montage trade. Yeah, it's going to be great. And he's going to be on the shelf to start the year where it sounds like he's 8 to 10 weeks behind of what his normal schedule would be because of that right shoulder inflammation. That is not very good for the Yankees. The Jets and their offensive coordinator search. Nathaniel Hackett, really? That's what you're coming up with? Good luck with all that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And he takes the knee of the New York Giants on the Super Bowl 42 champion. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17-14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. back on the fan add this to your new year's resolutions win money in 2023 with superbook sports superbook has over three decades of sports wagering experience in las vegas so you get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs plus check out their special odds boost and promotions at superbook.com make 2023 the year when you win money from vegas download the superbook sports app now and place your bets. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I was just listening to the you know promo that we have. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And that is correct. When that happened, the Giants winning Super Bowl 42, we talked about it on the fan. I remember. I, first of all, I still can't even believe that that actually happened. That probably at that point was the most shocking thing that I had seen in sports. The Giants run to get there, and then the fact that they beat the undefeated Patriots, and I was there to witness it. And then, of course, I was telling the story a little bit yesterday or the other day, I forget what it was, but came, you know, I went to meet Mike and Chris there, went to the game, sat with Eddie Erickson, flew back on Mike's private, you know, marquee jet or whatever it was at the time with Mike and the dog. We got back. I don't even remember... But maybe I stayed at Eddie Erickson's house. Like, we got back, you know, we flew back after the game. So we got back, obviously, late that night, and we all went to work the next day. And I'm pretty sure that that was a day where, legit, they were just taking calls on what to name the catch. Catch 42, okay? And whatever, you know, because, you know, trying to come up with a catch for the Eli Tyree play. One of the great plays of all time. They got to come up with a name for that. I still can't even believe it. it was such a surreal experience. And the fact that the Giants won that Super Bowl. And then they do it years later in 2011. And now here we are after not seeing a playoff win since that Super Bowl win in 2011, technically 2012, but the 2011 season. Giants find themselves back with a win in the wild card round. Taking on the Eagles Saturday night. 877-337-6666. Lewis is calling from Somerset, New Jersey. Hi, Lewis. Hey, how you doing, Sal? How's everything? Good morning. Good morning, Lewis. What's on your mind? So three quick points, Sal. The first one is um, I think, I mean, I'm hoping, right, that the last game when they played Philly, even though they didn't have their starters and stuff, and I think Philly, towards the end, they, they took the foot off the gas. But I think that that game, being that it was still close, with all of their, their non-starters in there, that, that kind of gives them confidence of going back into Philly and possibly I, – I, listen, I, I think that if it's a one-score game, because the Giants have proven that this year, if it's a one-score game, I mean, I, I can see the Giants pulling this one off. 
the way that I could see Philly winning this game is blowing them out. If they blow right. them out, like it, it, it's a wrap. But if it's a one one score game, I can I, I can actually see the Giants pulling it off. Yeah, I was talking to one of my buddies, a producer uh, for Baseball Night New York at SNY, Sean Gelman, who's a big Eagles fan, and he basically said the same thing you did, Lewis, where. He could see it going the way of the – he doesn't think it's going to be close. He thinks either the Eagles are – excuse me, I shouldn't say that. He doesn't think the point spread is going to factor in. He thinks the Eagles are either going to blow them out or the Giants are going to win outright. It's kind of exactly what you're saying. So my my second point was was this. Um, And tell me if you agree with this. I think that the best and worst thing that happened for the Giants was getting the the correct coach. And and the reason why I say that is because – they got the coach, but they got him in year four of Daniel Jones, which with this run of Daniel Jones is having is going to force him. If they want to keep, if they, they, they want to keep Daniel Jones, they're going to have to pay him. And he's, I mean, now let's say he wins. Uh, we're talking about 43, 45 million that they're going to probably have to give this kid. If they would have got it right early in his career, then they would have set, set the Giants up for, um, um, to have more talent around them. It's going to be tough, even though, you know, they're making this great run, it's going to be tough to get talent because of the salary cap. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, it's it's you damned if you do, damned if you don't. They obviously need the quarterback, so they need to pay for him, but it's going to bring restraints where you look at, you know, elsewhere, where they're going to have to spend on Barkley and spend on Daniel Jones, and that's what Joe Shane is for. He's going to make those decisions. But, I, yeah, go ahead. Honestly, honestly, so. Just because I will one other, I mean, and this would hurt, but I would let, I, I would just let, I mean, I think that they're going to, with, with Saquon, they're going to probably yeah, franchise, um, franchise them. Right. Um, and, if, you know, but I would probably let them go. My last point real quick was this, because I heard Keyshawn Johnson say this earlier today with Hackett coming to the Jets. I really, I personally don't agree, but he says that um, he likes, um, um, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, especially with having Hackett there as the offensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if if that will be the right move because it's just listen to what like listen to what Aaron Rodgers said that he still has a talent to win. You know, another MVP. You should be thinking about Super Bowls, not MVPs. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't control the Super Bowl, L. Lewis, and thank you for the call. I get what you're saying, and I've heard other people criticize him for that. He can control his play if it's going to be at an MVP level or not. He cannot control whether his team could get to the Super Bowl. But I do think that there is a touch, at the very least, of selfishness in there where Rodgers is basically absolving himself from the blame for the failures of the Packers and maybe looking at it as more of an organizational thing as opposed to him. I'm torn with this one with the Jets. First of all, I think Nathaniel Hackett sucks. Now, does that mean that he can't be a good offensive coordinator? I don't know, but his face, the way that he handled the media, now he's not going to have to do that as an offensive coordinator. Nothing about it, nothing about him to me screams confidence or success. Nothing. I mean zero. He looked overwhelmed, overmatched, didn't have any answers. He was a horrible, I thought it was a horrible hire, and he was a horrible head coach, and you knew it basically after week one with Denver. Now, if they do hire Nathaniel Hackett, and I wouldn't be shocked because to me, like I said, I mean, that'd probably be the last guy that I'd want. But let's say they hire him and he could be a decent offensive coordinator. And let's say it does lure Aaron Rodgers in. 
I'm torn because the Jets need a franchise quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers, say what you will about him right now, he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He may not be at his peak. He may be selfish. He may be out there. He may be annoying. He may be a jerk. All the above. But he's also unquestionably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So if you have a chance to add him, See, now, my issue is I don't think it's enough. I don't think, I mean, the Jets should make the playoffs, sure, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl winning team. But if you have a chance to add a quarterback like that, yes, getting older, but still has some great football left in him, I think you have to do it. Now, I'd also worry about Rodgers in New York. Like, do you think that that's a fit? And I don't think he would want to come here. I know people are trying to do the math and piece things together, but. I I don't think it's A, going to happen. B, I don't think he wants to come here. But let's just say that for whatever reason he does want to come here, would the Jets or should the Jets go after him? And I think the answer has to be yes. And even with Rodgers, you still might have a shot of developing Zach Wilson. Not that he's the perfect mentor because I don't think he is anything but. I told you how I feel about mentors and who would be the perfect guy for him. I still believe it's Matt Ryan who will be cut by the Colts and does still want to play. But as much as I love Matt Ryan, there's no doubt that Aaron Rodgers right now gives his team the better chance to win. So if you could get him, that would be something that would be exciting to go all in on and see what happens. I don't think the Jets will win a Super Bowl with it, but it's worth a shot. Charlie is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Charlie? Hey, what's going on, Big Sal? How are you, Charlie? I'm doing good. Sal, I wanted to uh, make a point about the playoffs, and especially the Giant game. How you said you could see it unfold in certain ways. Now, I've been watching football for since I'm a 50-year-old guy every Sunday, Saturday, Monday. If the Giants come out and they have their first series and run the ball to, to Barkley right into the line of scrimmage, I think is a mistake. I want Barkley to get all his touches. But I think, like back in the day, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm a football fan. Like with Emmitt Smith, they passed a lot. They got a big lead, and then they used them in the second half to kill like the clock coming out of the, out of the halftime. I think Barkley should get his touches, but the key to this game, how do you, you said it can go certain ways. I think that Philly is lining up. Who are they looking to stop? Barkley, come out, play action, uh, you know, play action pass, mm-hmm. or even give him the ball once, and then don't. Every other thing should be a fake to Barkley. Manipulate the defense. Well, in a I mean, I'm, way. Get, but, but get I'm sure. Open. Yeah, I'm sure that. I mean, uh, what are you auditioning for the offensive coordinator job, Charlie? No, but that's big style. I've been watching football since. Listen no, I get I'm it. a Cowboys fan. Ready? Dorsett. I got Harvey oh, Martin, yeah. Paul Jones, uh, Randy White, Everson Walls, mm-hmm. Cliff Harris, Charlie Waters. I get but I'm it. I'm not like one of them bad Cowboys fans. Uh, yeah, no, of course I, I not. like the Giants, but oh, well, I, I that's, like football. Uh, that's a shock that you a Cowboys fan that actually said I like the Giants. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, I'm, not say, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm, from a, the Bronx. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just busting your chops a little bit. And I, I, I get you, bro. I'm going to be calling. I want to be one of the guys. Thanks for checking in because I drive home at night. I work for a company. And I get off in the morning. I listen to you. I like your work. I see you on TV, I stop and watch you. You wear your heart on your sleeve, big Sally boy. I appreciate that, Charlie. You make sure you yeah, get I back to us. appreciate you, man. You got clowns. You got other clowns that they joke around all day on the TV. And I turn on to watch. I check in, not to mention names. 
But this, you know, Craig and the other guy, I like the other guy, but too much of the clowning around. Well, Sally gives information. You got to take that. Well, I mean, you, you got to take, um, and thank you for the call, Charlie. You got to take that up with them if you have any issues. You know, don't be picking on my teammates. Don't be picking on Craigie. That's my guy. If you have an issue with them, call them up. But anyway, I appreciate your support. You can love me and not put down anybody else. Why do you got to, you know, you don't have to put down somebody to build somebody else back up. Just tell me how great I am and how much you enjoy me, whether it be on TV or on the radio. And I appreciate it. And I do appreciate you taking the time to call. And I am just busting your chops. I know what you're saying. But in this particular case, let's leave it up to the Giants coaches. They're not just going to run into the line, you know, three straight times. Obviously, they'll figure out what's going on, see what Philadelphia's defense is looking like. You know, there are ways you could check out of plays, of course, as you know. But I do think it should be a heavy dose of Saquon Barkley early on in this game. And I trust the, I, I trust Dable and the coaches to come up with the proper game plan to keep this game competitive in Philadelphia Saturday night. And I also trust that it's going to be different than what it was against Minnesota. I do not think you're going to see Daniel Jones run the football 17 times. Now, again, a lot of that was broken down pass plays. But still, they cut out. They cut that out in the second half. You cannot just go to the well with Daniel Jones and run him 25 times. You're going to get him killed. Jake is calling from New Brunswick. What's up, Jake? Hey, how you doing? How are you, Jake? I'm good. I'm just uh, I'm a college student over at Rutgers, so uh, huge Giants fan though. You into the basketball since. at Rutgers at all? Or what? I've been to a couple games with my girl, but uh, you know, I we're pretty good right now. It's, it speaks for how the coaching has changed. And I mean, it really hasn't changed for football though, because we're still struggling. Well, it, it is different. Pykele's a stud. I'm not saying Shiano's not, but Pykele's a stud. He got that program turned around. Yeah. They are legitimate. And yeah, with Shiano, I mean, look the the. Big Ten football, Rutgers does not belong. So we'll see. We, just, we lose too much. We lose to Michigan. We right. lose to Ohio State. And we they, those teams don't have to play them. You know, they don't got to play. No, it's, it's Whatever. Unfair, but yeah, anyway, I didn't call about Rutgers. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I've been a huge Giants fan. I mean, I love Daniel Jones. And I'm one of those guys I don't want to – I'm not coming out of the woodworks. I've, I've believed in him since he got drafted, you know. I thought even when they wanted Haskins over him, I was shocked. If you watch the film, he's, he's everything you want from a quarterback. He's tough and he's smart. Those are the two things you need as a quarterback in the NFL. And I think a lot of people don't understand how he anticipates. I think he can see the field extremely well. I think he misses reads occasionally, but if you go back to that Viking game, of course it's an outlier because of how great he played, but oh my Lord, every throw was the right read. Maybe one time it wasn't. Yeah, Daniel Jones has, I'm not going to say he's always been a smart quarterback because he's made bad decisions like any young young quarterback would do. But the fact that he would turn the ball over a lot early on, you know, those were alarming things. The fact that there were inconsistencies there. I thought at times his toughness, which is a strength of his, was also a weakness at times where he let it get in the way of protecting himself. Remember, he's oft injured, so that has not been the yeah. case this year where he's been smarter. He's got toughness. He stands tall in the pocket. He's got a big arm. He could throw the football down the field. He's now got confidence because he's had some success, so he could be even more dangerous. But I was never a full believer in Daniel Jones, especially after the three years in total. But he has proved any doubt or wrong at this point. There's no more doubting how good Daniel Jones could be. Yeah, and I, I I believe this game honestly. I think they're going into Philly, and they're not they're not going home. They're they're going on to the next game. I, I really don't think it's. I think they're going to put them down. 
The birds aren't going to fly. I'm sorry. All right, well, the, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go against that right now, Jake, and thank you for the call. I think it was loony talk prior to the uh, the Vikings game to say, saying you could beat the Vikings one thing, but saying anything beyond that to me was loony talk with this Giants team. After watching what I saw Sunday, it's not loony talk anymore. Now it's legit. Again, I don't think they're going to win this game, but they can. And I'd probably pick them with the points. That's how I'm feeling right now. They could win the game. I just don't know. I don't know. I know what we're going to get from the Giants. We're going to get consistency. We're going to get smart football. We're going to get a team that's going to shorten the game, drive the football, chew the clock. That's what they do. They've done it consistently. I don't know what Philadelphia Eagles team we're going to be getting. That, to me, is the X factor. Don't know what Jalen Hurts we're getting and don't know what Philadelphia Eagles team we're getting. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. On the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Mostly Giants, a little Mets, some Jets, whatever it is on your mind on this Thursday morning, football Friday, tomorrow with all the trimmings. We'll have the perfect parlay. We'll talk to Taylor Mathis, I believe. i got to check in with her and confirm that. But uh, we look forward to another great football Friday where, I mean, look, divisional round. This is it. It's almost sad. I'm excited, but yet also sad. As the football season is coming to an end, my wife, I could see the glee in her eyes as she knows that we're nearing it. And maybe she will be in it this weekend because she knows it's coming. The end is coming. After this beautiful divisional uh, divisional weekend, the beautiful divisional round, there are three football games left. 877-337-6666. Chris is calling from Orlando, Florida. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Todd, it's always good to talk to you. You uh, too, Shout Chris. out to your callers, Doug and Hector and Washington Heights and all my guys on, on Twitter spaces. Hey, you know what, Sal? I, I'm sorry. I, I was a little behind in the show, and I paused it when you guys started talking Mets, and I asked Mike, uh, and, and it wasn't brought up. But I don't know if you know this, but Mark Hanna played most of, almost in his entire 2020 season, uh, excuse me, 2019 season in Oakland at first base. So, you could essentially get rid of that one and a half million with rough. I mean, you're basically paying 16% of Baltimore salary for getting rid of James McCann. He surely can go ahead and let rough go for a million and a half and let Canna back up Alonzo when he needs a day off. I mean, he, 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 he has played, you know, okay. of first base. There. I mean, I didn't, so, he didn't play there at all last year. Right. If I'm not mistaken, no, 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 no. they really won any, he played an inning there. Please hold. Yeah. 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 They wanted it, but uh, yeah, it, he definitely got, you know, a glove at first if they need him, you know, and, and Pete's made it clear he doesn't want a DH. Well, it at least, but it at least backup. helps having somebody other than Darren Ruff because Vogelback is not going to do it, or at least I don't think he's going to do it. And I, I highly doubt, even if Vogelback says he could do it, I highly doubt Buck is going to send him out there. I mean, Buck ain't about that nonsense. 
So it, it's no. nice to have another option outside of Darren Ruff right now. You're preaching to the choir. I think the move when Fan comes onto the roster, I hope is that Ruff goes. And if he does make it to spring training, I hope Beatty outplays him where it gives you know uh, Billy Epler, or, you know, let's call us let's call it what it is until next year when a certain somebody's available in Milwaukee, like a David Stearns, to come over. But um, you know, I I think Steve Cohen's going to make the decisions with Epler until then. But let, let's be honest. I mean, I, I hope Beatty has a good spring training that he can compete for that DH spot, allow Canada back up. Yeah, but they aren't allow... doing it. Chris, they aren't doing that. I mean, they are. This is happening. This is not my opinion. This is reporting from Andy Martino. So Ruff and... is going to start the season on the run. Well, I don't know about that. I do know this. It would be, I will be floored, like more floored than if the Giants won the Super Bowl floored, if Beatty or Alvarez are on the ball club to start the year. Assuming everybody's healthy, Alvarez and Beatty are going to start the year in the minors. Yeah, I mean, a gentleman's bet, if, if Ruff's not on the roster, it's going to have to be because they make a big trade, a splash that, that's a major league-ready player. That's not um, happening. I think, right. So in my mind, I mean, look, Beatty, I, I don't know the exact number, so I'm not going to uh, But they want to develop him. You know it doesn't Beatty's matter. They, they just want to develop him. They, they want him to get better at third base. He's not going to be a DH, at least not to start. Right. Well, I mean, he, he he's. Did you see some of the 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 plays he made in Syracuse in left field? He's a viable option once he does make the roster. He he's got a can of an arm, Sal. He, he made like three or four assists in Syracuse, and one of them was a highlight reel. But 80? you know, overall, Sal. Uh, let me say this, if you don't mind. Uh, as far as the Mets are concerned, I think yes, we've needed a bat since the beginning of last year, right, Sal? But at the end of the day, this team won 101 games. Um, they're also playing the NL East, which literally you could say maybe the top three teams. I mean, three out of four, including the Dodgers, are the three best teams in the NL are in the, in our division. And we're going to be playing those teams six games less each with playing Oakland now, Kansas City now. I think the Mets, look, 101 wins, I don't know. But I do think the Mets are better on paper than they are than last year with the bullpen, with the depth and starting pitching. Um, I, I have a, a friend. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, no, I agree. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's significantly better. we got to see how things shake out, but they're better in the starting rotation. Starting they got eight guys out. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I, I know someone very close to Joey Lucchese, and I know that's a name that not, not one Mets fan want to hear right now, but I will tell you, since September when he was pitching again, they have been loving his offseason. He's not going to make the team, obviously, coming out of spring training, but – what I like, Sal, is Carrasco is your fifth starter instead of your third or fourth starter like last year. And you guys got – we got like McGill and Peterson, guys that can fill in. Right, and Lucchese. And they were part of the rotation last year. Yeah, you shouldn't it's have promising. to see – you shouldn't have to see – thank you for the call, Chris. As always, we appreciate you checking in. You shouldn't have to see guys that don't belong in the big leagues. Well, we saw that last year. Matter of fact, we saw that in Atlanta, didn't we? I forget what the hell the guy's name was, Fleeks, but I, I'm pretty sure there was a series in Atlanta, not the last series of the Are year. Are you but... thinking of the Jose Budo Philadelphia yeah. game? It, oh no, no, I thought there was one in Atlanta where they had who the hell was it? It had to be Atlanta last year, um, but they had guys that did not belong. Oh, I can't remember the guy. Well, they did name. have the one of the last times they went to Atlanta was when like Carrasco. They lost like three guys in all that at the one same series. Time. Right, I'm pretty sure. I don't was it Scherzer that went down? But that because I remember that was it was later the end of that week when Jose Budo had to start in Philly or because nobody else was lined up to be available that day. Who was the guy that was pitching batting practice? Maybe it was Budo, but it was in Atlanta. I'm pretty sure. 
I got to look it up. But anyway, those guys that shouldn't be in the big leagues, because I remember thinking to myself, the Mets are taking on this series right now. They got pitchers that shouldn't be in the big leagues. Where's where's the best way to pull that up? You go to the Mets schedule for last year? Yeah, 2022. Because it's going to drive me nuts not knowing it. Anyway, they have such depth that you can live with Joey Lucchese being a starter in an emergency situation as opposed to a guy like Buto or whoever the hell else. No, not so pucky. Um, it w- it might have been Buto, but it was definitely in Atlanta. Let me see if I could pull this up real quick before we get to the next call. It was Atlanta late in the year, but not the last series of the year. So when did they play? Then maybe it was August. When they it was when they had that uh, game where Degrom pitched a little the too long out. and they ended up blowing yeah, it. Yeah, maybe there was a, a double header or something. Game. Yeah. So let's see. I think I got this. It was either I, I got the game pulled. Was up. Was it R.J. Alvarez? Uh, I think that sounds about right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Oh, no, the Mets won this game. Who was the one after that? Come on. Why am I taking so long here? I'm sure this is thrilling radio. Yeah, R.J. Alvarez pitched the third through fifth innings August 16th in Atlanta, gave up three runs in two and a third. Mets got shut out 5-0. Oh, right. And the one that they lost before that was 13-1. Right, but those type that was guys. the series where I think they then won Wednesday with Scherzer oh, remember Carrasco, and lost a Degrom game that could have split the series. Carrasco had to leave the game. Where the hell is the box score? Carrasco had to leave that game. Uh, old showing is oh there it is the box. Okay, let's see. Come on, finally, let's go here with this damn computer. Um, yeah, no, that wasn't a bad game. Oh, they had rough pitch that game. Oh, Rodriguez came. All right, so you're right. That next game, R.J. Alvarez is probably the guy that I was thinking of. That's the guy that should not have Carrasco been. got hurt the day before. Right. I forget who started that Tuesday game, but that was the series where they lost the first well, wait, two. The Tuesday game was not the RJ Alvarez game that you're talking about? It was. Oh, that was the game where that was the game where Taiwan Walker got hurt. Right. That's why. Because they lost Carrasco on Monday, Walker on Tuesday, then Scherzer pitched them to the win on Wednesday, and Thursday was the game with DeGrom where they blew the late lead. We thought they were going to split the series and walk they out of there salvaging it. Of, right. And then that was the game that then if they had clinched that game that day, they would have won the division. They would because they would have clinched the tiebreaker if they didn't blow that Thursday game. Correct on that, August eighteenth. Yeah, right. It was fifteen, sixty, whatever, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Right. That series, I remember though the beginning of the series, thinking it was they were up against it, and they have guys that are pitching that shouldn't be pitching in the big leagues. R.J. Alvarez, I think, was but because I, I remember Alvarez. The the whole thought going into that game was after Walker got hurt. Well, he's only pitching. If Carlos Carrasco gets hurt, and sure enough, he like did. two innings into the game, Carlos Carrasco got hurt. Dylan is calling from Texas. What's up, Dylan? Hey, Sal. Good morning. Good morning, Dylan. How are you this morning? Good. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for making it. Um, before I get to my main talking point, uh, I just want to say, I listened to the B-side on Sports Night with you and JJ last night. Yeah. And how you guys ranked the New York Aces. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, is JJ kidding me taking Garrett Cole over Max Rosa? Uh, J.J. went Verlander 1. We were ranking the top four guys with the Mets and the Yankees. He went, I think he went Verlander 1, Cole 2, Scherzer 3, right? Right, Rodon 4. So, I understood his point regarding how, you know, he said Cole takes the ball every five days. But, Sal, I mean, this guy just pitched to a 3-5 and gave up a career high in home runs last year. That's an ace. He also mentioned that he was concerned for Max Scherzer over 162. Sal, real quick. Max has only missed 30 starts once prior to last year. That was in 19. 
You want to know what his line was? 27 starts. He pitched to a 2-9. And he won a World Series with the Nationals. So, so oh, no, I, well, you, well, who did I pick? I mean, you're referencing JJ. Who did I pick, number one? You went uh, Max, and I heard you. You said you love Max. And I'm well, I do. You. I do love Max. Now, he wasn't 100% healthy this year, and I guess that's what JJ is talking about. Now, I did go Garrett Cole, too, only because I don't know what we're getting from Verlander. I mean, Verlander was arguably the best pitcher in baseball last year. But I don't know, new town, new team, you know, another year older. I just, I have reservations about Verlander, so I can't put him over Cole because I've seen Cole. But I'm also not putting Cole over Scherzer because I love Max, and there's a reason why I love him. The guy is one of the best pitchers that we've ever seen, and he's as dominant as there is. So if he misses a few weeks or a month, it's not the worst thing in the world. As long as he's healthy for the postseason, and obviously he's got to be better than he was last year, but I'm not buying that he was 100% healthy. Right. And, you know, I just think it goes it goes with saying, I mean, to be not fully healthy, and I don't think he was the whole year, to still go out and throw to a 2-2, that's impressive. So I don't um, think J.J. was knocking Scherzer necessarily, but his pick, he felt more comfortable going with the call. I don't think that you can, you know, I mean, it's to me it's, it is a tough debate with those three. I would put Rodan, we were consistent having Rodon fourth, of that, uh, the foursome there. But the other three, I think you can make an argument either way. Where would you go? How would you rank it? Uh, well, probably... I, think, I think I would go Justin Verlander. <laughs> Marco, we'll get to you in a second. I sat down and <laughs> oh, asked me a question. No, 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 no. I was actually Marco, talking to you, Dylan. I was talking to you, Dylan. No. Marco jumped the gun there. My apologies, Dylan. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Marco, you're up. No, no, you're up, Dylan. I'm the, I'm the point guard here. You go, Dylan. <laughs> All right, I'm going to Verlander. I mean, look, he's coming off a one-seven off Tommy John. Okay, that that is that speaks for itself. I'm going Max too. Okay, and I'll tell you, I'm going Rodon over Cole. Wow, you just don't like Eric Cole, huh? Well, I mean, look, he he's got the richest pitching contract in baseball. I mean, I guess other than Degrom, but you know, he hasn't lived up to it. All right, it, it, it's it's. It, the the numbers speak for themselves. He's he's averaging a three three in a Yankee uniform. The ERA's gone up the past three years. Yeah, but he did enough. I mean, he didn't show you. Well, he has been uh, giving up the long ball. He didn't show you enough this postseason. I mean, Garrett Cole to me showed that he was an ace this year. You can look at the numbers all you want. He takes the ball every fifth day. He goes out there. He may not be dominant every single time, but he showed enough to where he proved to be an ace, especially in the postseason. And thank you for the call, Dylan. Marco, now you want to turn on the microphone? I know you're a big uh, Yankee. Apparently, no. Yeah, just, <laughs> well, I'll go. You want me to go back in the closet? No, no, I'll go back in the closet. No, it's right. not that I wasn't talking to you ever. It's just that in that particular moment. I was unaware. There's nobody yeah. in the room, Sal. Yeah. Sometimes I get confused. You get caught up. No. <laughs> um, so the question was, we, we did a segment the other night, me and, what was it, two nights ago? Me and JJ were asked on SNY to rank the top four starters between the Mets and the Yanks, Verlander, Scherzer, Rodon, Garrett Cole. How would you rank those four in order? I'd probably go Verlander at one. Interesting. Uh, I, I like the argument that you said with coming into the two. That's the only reason why I wouldn't is simply because I haven't seen him pitch in New York. But I don't buy that that's going to be an issue for a right. guy like him. So I would put him at one. I would probably put Cole at two only because of the durability factor. Do I trust Scherzer in a big spot more than Cole? Maybe, but I expect Cole to make every start, and I expect Scherzer to miss time. Right, that would put him at three. And, and then there's everybody else at four. You want to put Rodon? Right. You well, want to put Cortez? You could do whatever you want. Kodai Senga, Fleegs. How would you have? Nobody's it? touching those three. How would you rank at Fleegs with those four guys? With Rodon, Verlander, Cole, and Scherzer. 
Uh, Verlander clear number one. Wow. I'm, well, I'm with Marco that I don't think coming to. I mean, this guy has pitched in multiple World Series, so many big spots. I don't think coming to New York affects him at all. Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer is a coin flip at, at their best right now. I still think Scherzer can give you a little bit more, but you have to acknowledge that he didn't pitch a lot towards the end of last year, right. and in his postseason start, he was terrible. Whereas Garrett Cole answered a lot of people and doubters and shut a lot of people up when he pitched in October. And then I agree with Marco. There's a little bit of space before you get. I would put Rodon four. There's a little bit of space, though. Those top three are on their own right, So let me ask it this way. Maybe it's the same answer. If you if this this was the postseason, you had all those guys in your rotation, how are you lining it up? That would be the way that you would do it? Verlander, Cole, Scherzer? If I know they're healthy, I'm going Verlander, Scherzer, Cole. I probably would, too, if I know that they're healthy. Verlander, Scherzer, And by they, I mean really just Scherzer. Because we're assuming the other two are. Yeah, they I'm, usually are. I'm still going Max One. You guys are getting me excited about Verlander. I mean, I know how good he was last year, but there's this feel that... Weren't you in the building that Friday night against the Padres? Yeah, I know. Scherzer has I know. to take a little bit of a knock I know, for but I love him so much. Looks, his attitude. I think dumb. the Bulldog in him is going to come back and be right. ultra-determined to make sure that doesn't happen again. a Bulldog, too. But it I did get happen. It. Minus an injury for Verlander, and as he gets older, I mean, the, the injuries we're talking about, forget the elbow and the shoulder, because those things you can't control, and I don't care where right. it is. I, the age, the stuff that concerns me, the hamstrings. You know, like those kinds of things. That's when you start to see like older pitchers. They start getting those, the calf, the hamstring, the hip, or whatever. Those are the things I'd be worried about. Minus that... There is nothing about Verlander that doesn't say he's going to dominate. But the feel, and I, I like I get what you're saying, and I hope that you're right. The feel or the talk when the Mets signed him was that another guy is over 40. It wasn't he won the Cy Young this past year. Look at his minuscule ERA this past year. It was, well, he's over 40. Like, that's the the, the talk. And I, I guess I let that get into my head a little bit. And plus, I'm somebody who, remember when the Yankees were supposed to go after him years ago? Mm-hmm. I thought he was washed up then. So if I thought he was washed then, obviously went on to dominate with the Astros, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop or for the cliff to come. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, it's not happening, but I'm kind of waiting for that with Verlander. No signs of it. You're right about the perception, though. Like, when the Mets signed Scherzer, it was, you know, this is amazing. The Mets just got Scherzer. It's incredible. Yeah, he's old, but whatever. They just got this dominant ace. And then they go out and sign a guy in Verlander who, yes, is a little bit older, but he's coming off a better season than Scherzer was when the Mets signed him. A World Series victory as opposed to Scherzer, whose team lost. Not that it's his fault, but Scherzer not being able to pitch down the end of the postseason for the Dodgers, whereas Verlander pitched maybe his best of the postseason in the World Series. So you're right, the perception's a little bit off. Maybe it's because Verlander did have that dip in his career. Scherzer never did. He was a late bloomer. But since he became Max Scherzer, he's always been Max Scherzer. Guys, I don't think it's that. I think you're forgetting the the elephant in the room. What? It's because it was DeGrom. DeGrom yeah. walked, Verlander came in. Everybody was saying the reason why you didn't sign DeGrom is because you're worried about injuries, but he's, what, 34? And now you get a 40-year-old. Right. So I think that's what kind of got twisted inside of... Well, the, the comparison because yeah, you're swapping did, one for the other. Yeah, it, Scherzer came in. It was Scherzer, Max, it, you know, it was Scherzer tied with DeGrom. One, two, top of the rotation, we're thrilled. Now it was DeGrom left, so let's get a 40-year-old to pair with a 40-year-old. That's where the I think right. the, the, the scariness for the but, Mets fan came in. Yeah, I think you're right. DeGrom has a huge factor. But again, you even just said the same thing. Let's get a 40-year-old to pair with a 40-year-old as opposed to let's get the best pitcher in baseball last year to pair with Max Scherzer. 
Like, that's what Verlander was. Dude, that ERA, I don't even believe it. He was that dominant. Yeah. Maybe the postseason struggles have something to do with it as well. I don't know what it is, no, but there is this feel. You maybe you're right about. I think it's over in general. The my Scherzer point plus Marcos Degrom point. Once you pitch in your own team's uniform and people like you, you become a little bit overvalued. There's a little bit more yeah. of a shine on you. So that's going to be a I knock mean, on Verlander because he hasn't pitched here yet. Think about it. If if Degrom, if Scherzer does, um, Scherzer, if Verlander does not take more starts than Degrom took last year. It'd be an epic disaster. And, and it would be shocking based on Verlander's history compared to DeGrom's. Now, maybe Kodai Senga doesn't pitch as much as Chris Bassett or whatever. There's a little fall off, you know, with Quintana and Taiwan Walker. You have to see how that plays itself out. But in that rotation, like, you'd have to assume Scherzer and, and Verlander are going to make much, many more starts. You're right. And again, I, I think also, too, part of it when you got the top two in the rotation being 40 years old, the window gets smaller. I think that was part of it too. You got right. you're pairing two 40 year olds. So what do we got? A year or two right. to win a World Series. So I think it shrinks the window. You lose Degrom. It's just they was real quick. What do you think's the better pairing, Scherzer and Degrom, Scherzer Verlander for this coming year? We're talking healthy for this coming year. Verlander. Well, right now, no doubt, you, okay. Verlander. What about you, Fleece? Yeah, just for this year, if they're healthy, how could it not be Scherzer and Verlander well, based he, off of what Verlander did last year? Well, because if you're factoring in health with Degrom, he's better than all of them. If you're factoring in health. I, is, he healthy? Healthy? is he healthy or That's is he saying. back to 100% of what he was before the injury? Because those are two different things. Well, that the, the, the healthy version of DeGrom now which is, might not be the guy you had in early we'll 2021. Never know, right. Which is why well, we are going to find well, out. Well, no, but that's my point. That's why. Well, uh, are we? We're, it's going to be a different variable. Well, if, we don't, if we don't find out because if he's not healthy, then the Mets, it, clearly they, just even whether Verlander works or not, then they were right not to commit to DeGrom for that length because he's not healthy. If he is, we'll find out. Texas or not, if Jacob DeGrom makes... 30 right. to 32 stars. 25 we're gonna stars. Know what he is. Right. We're right. going to know what he is. Well, I think that was the thing at the end of last year, too, where everybody was talking about, oh, you have to sign the ground, you have to sign the ground. Two factors. One, he can never stay healthy. Two, if he does, in fact, stay healthy, how good is he going to be? Is the 2018, 2019 Jacob DeGrom gone forever? I think that's gone. Yeah. I think that's so fine. So do I. And that's nothing wrong with that. He could still be a top of the line Which he true was. ace. He was better than both Ver- uh, than both Scherzer and Bassett. Again, when you're talking about guys like Hall of Fame type guys, they're going to have a certain peak. You're not getting back to that right. peak. But, I mean, gee, we're, but he, wanted, like to get paid. he right. wanted to get paid like that. Well, you know what? And, and Aaron Judge got paid off 62 homers. Right. Is he ever touching that again? Correct. No. Correct. He'll never there touch that There is a that peak. You, should we do an update here, or have we peaked in this segment? Uh, I believe we No, let's up. do an update. I want to get to the update. I like doing it now. We were joking around the other day. Chernoff will be having a conniption right about now, and maybe he's listening and he wants to fire me again. <laughs> but hell with it. He's not here anymore. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.